0: The Calendar Thief by Peter Medawar Episode 17 Rectangle Lily walked through the blue light. Her muscles ached and her throat was raw from running. But she felt light and excited. This was her escape. She was already making grand plans for her homecoming. Once she'd explained how she'd outsmarted her kidnappers... She'd eat a crunchy and then tell her family about all the crazy places she'd been. She felt sad that she'd never flown with Celeste and she felt bad about leaving her friends. But the relief at going home eclipsed her guilt. She had survived. The blueness swirled around her like the Northern Lights. Leaving the calendar felt a lot slower than entering it. Sand still crunched beneath her feet, but the air felt heavier. Lily pressed on, buzzing with thoughts of home. Imagine being able to just walk down the street, buy whatever you want, go wherever you want without being attacked. Just the thought of her freedom made her feel lighter. She felt lucky, choosing to return. At the same time, she remembered Dylan and Celeste and Marcus, trapped in their invaded land and felt a pang of pity for them. Lily took a deep breath and walked on, looking forward to her bedroom. Then she had to take a deeper breath. The air was thickening. Her hair felt damp. Perhaps it's some kind of airlock. It had been strange coming in, so it had to be strange going back out. Lily tried to distract herself with thoughts of home. She was definitely feeling lighter now. Her hair floated off her scalp. Just like before, she thought. Good. Lily hiccuped. And a bubble came out of her mouth. It rose through the blueness, high above her head. She was growing so light, it was harder to keep walking. Her feet left the ground. Lily bounced. More bubbles came from her mouth. She pressed on, forcing her feet down, but floated up. Lily was swimming in air. She rose through the warmth, her hair floating around her head like flames from a slow fire. Something grey shot out at her from the dimness. Lily twisted away. The animal twisted with her, plump and sinuous, smiling as it passed her by. She yelped bubbles. A sea lion! The sea lion swam out of view. Then four of them appeared, whirling and turning around her, curious and playful, with bulging eyes. She tried to keep up with one of them, but it was much too fast and agile for her. It swam away, then turned and came straight at her like a missile. Lily braced for impact. At the last moment, it veered to her right. Another sea lion zoomed past blowing bubbles at her. Lily couldn't stop laughing. It was just like playing with underwater dogs. The sea lions banked for another run, then burst apart and swam off into the gloom. The air darkened, grew even heavier. Lily saw larger shadows swimming above. There was moisture in her mouth, thickening. Her world was turning to water. Lily took a deep breath and pushed herself upwards. Suddenly, she was surrounded by sharks and turtles and squid, and creatures she'd never seen before. But she was fast running out of breath. All she could think of was getting to the surface. Lily fell upwards, past a jellyfish the size of a truck, then through a fleet of giant bubbles. She was growing faint. A shadow passed over her. A deep sound came through the water, vibrating her bones orange tentacles, the width of a horse, encircled her. Lily thrashed about, terrified. The octopus pushed her through a bubble. Instead of water, she sucked in a gulp of fresh air. Lily stopped thrashing. The tentacles held her in the bubble. They felt like underwater velvet, so she let herself go limp. The cephalopod lifted her up to its vast eye and she sensed a fathomless sorrow. It pushed her through another bubble, then released her. She saw its tentacles folding around its body, forming an even larger shape before dissipating like oil in water. A current swept her up through a funnel of air. Lily passed through shoals of silverfish, dolphins and golden rays. High above her was a rectangle, broken by a keyhole of light. The Water Door The current pushed Lily up against the rectangle. She scrabbled about, pushing her tingling finger inside the keyhole. An underwater click. The door burst open. Lily shot up into the air. Silver exploded all around her, raining sea creatures, churning the water to foam. She landed with a splash and lay on her back, gulping in the cool air. She hauled herself onto the wooden door and threw up sea water. Lily was floating on the ocean, like a castaway on a coffin lid. She shielded her eyes from the glaring sky. Across the bay was a mangrove cove which curled around to the monster dune behind Lily. She imagined the horses trotting across to safety. The dune was bare. Lily remembered looking out over the landscape with Celeste. That shape they'd seen floating in the water wasn't a reflected shipwreck. It was this door, rippling in the waterlight. Lily had moved from one door to another. A pelican knifed into the water. Lily looked round, startled, then lay back on the door. The wood felt warm on her cheek and her hair was a splash of scarlet against the blue sea. She was bewildered but glad to be alive, still buzzing from the playful sea lions and the octopus which had saved her. Lily looked across at the mangrove cove. Can I swim that far? She wasn't so sure. For now, she felt safe on the door. This was her floor, her bed, her island. How does it float with a keyhole, she thought. There were some barnacles around the hole, studding the smooth surface. Two of them had fallen off, leaving a pair of perfect, connected rings. 8. Two tiny words were curled up inside the number, like a foetus in an egg. Lily zoomed in. B-E-R-R-Y Berry? The second word formed a loop, so it's hard to know which letter was first. The M looked larger, so she went with it. Man, man, man. She shielded her eyes from the glare, frowning. Mandil? Mandiloquint? Mandiloquent? What does that mean? It didn't make much difference now. She had no idea where to go without Dylan. It was dark in the north. Night hung over the purple mountains like a thundercloud. High in the blackness was a blood-red moon. Perhaps it's safer in the mountains, she thought. Perhaps I can climb there. She noticed something flying high above the cove. At first she thought it was a pelican, but it was moving too erratically for a bird, shifting closer then further away, like a mosquito angling for a bite. Lily was caught between wanting to get back to land and her fear of the monsters hiding there. The thought of being alone unnerved her, but her companions had gone. Even if they were here, she couldn't look them in the eye. Not now she'd run out on them. Lily lay with her eyes, level with the wood. She felt like a mariner drifting on a raft. But she wasn't alone. Something tiny and green was wriggling over the edge of the door. She sat up, blinking. What are you doing here? Her voice sounded faint in the silence. The green caterpillar raised itself on its rear legs, its body wavering in the air. Its skin seemed to flow as it came towards her. It looked harmless enough, but she couldn't be sure. Caterpillars don't vomit, she thought. Or do they? Whatever happened, she was no longer alone and she liked that. Another pelican splashed into the water. How amazing would it be if I could fly, she thought. Lily lay still, trying to recuperate. So much had happened since she stepped through the seventh door. She smiled as she remembered the sea lions playing with her. She'd never had so much fun. Then she remembered how close she'd come to drowning. That octopus saved my life. But why? Lily looked out across the glittering stillness, then back at the door. The caterpillar disappeared. She hoped it hadn't fallen into the sea. As she trailed a hand in the water, she looked down, wishing for a dolphin or some more sea lions. Lily blinked. Really? She leant over, her heart racing. The longer she looked, the stronger the image became. It was a reflection of her bedroom. Another illusion? Her first instinct was to recoil. She'd been disappointed so many times now. Was the calendar teasing her? Was it cruel, her mocking captor? Or was it simply evolving, imperfect and unpredictable, yet growing stronger like a toddler finding its feet? Would the path home grow firmer with every unlocked door? Lily put her feet in the water. Her room seemed very real between her toes. She could see the creases on her sheets, the knocked-over lamp, the celebrity posters she'd once thought important. Some silverfish swam around her wardrobe, curious. Suddenly she was certain the path was firm. Lily took a deep breath, ready to slip back into her bedroom. Someone screamed on the shore. She froze, her heart thumping. Another scream! Lily pivoted around the door frame, trying to find out where it had come from. Silence. She swallowed, her heart thumping in her ears. She knew that voice. For a long time, nothing happened. Was I imagining it? She glanced down at the water. Something blue was wavering below her, like a sail in the wind. It was a curtain from her bedroom window, tantalizingly close another scream lily flinched the board wobbling beneath her feet she scanned the shoreline blinking the salt from her eyes something was moving between the mangroves then she saw them she saw celeste struggling in a pool her hands held out defending herself she looked trapped as though something was holding her down A red claw rose from the dark mud. The angel screamed. Lily dived into the sea. The Crooked Wing Lily pushed through the water, driven by Celeste's terrified expression. There was no current, so she'd make it to the mangrove shore, then help the angel. But Lily wasn't a strong swimmer. Her arms were soon aching, so she flipped over and did backstroke but now she couldn't see the shore at all. She turned around and tried wriggling like a sea lion. All she could picture was Celeste's terrified expression. Lily kept on swimming, but the mangrove shore wasn't coming any closer. Sometimes she'd pause for breath, treading water, hoping to touch the bottom. She swam on, but she was growing weaker and weaker. Her mind was raging, urging her to go and rescue the angel but her body felt like melted cheese. No choice. She simply stopped and lay in the cool sea. Lily didn't know what to do anymore. Door 8 seemed very far behind her, and the mangroves were no nearer. Lily looked between her toes, hoping to see her bedroom, but it had vanished. Something was clouding the periphery of her vision. She felt like she was passing out. Her arms were soft and heavy. She tried staying afloat just by breathing in and out, bobbing up and down in the water. Silently, three spheres came down from the sky and sat, perfectly still, upon the sea. Lily looked to her left. Marcus looked back at her. He was standing inside his orb, eating a slice of watermelon. She saw Dylan in another orb. He was sitting on a sack. His hair was spiked up, and there were livid slashes along his arms. Celeste lay in the third bubble, one wing crooked beneath her. She looked dead. Horrified, Lily swam over to her. The angel's clothes were torn and her back was dark with blood am I too late? Lily reached through the membrane and tried to feel Celeste's pulse, frantically lifting her arms, checking her mouth for breath. The angel looked serene. No, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't do this, Celeste. I should never have run away. I should have been strong. I should have stayed with him. I should have stayed with them. Lily cradled the angel's head in her arms, stroking her hair. Grief rose hot in her throat. She closed her eyes, hoping for a miracle. But Celeste was limp. She wasn't moving any more. Lily looked across at Dylan, pleading, Do something! Dylan gave her a big thumbs up. Can't you do something? The satyr beamed at her. Doesn't he understand? Has he gone mad? Dylan reached into his sack and pulled out a severed cynic's claw. Lily blinked. What? The angel opened an eye and smiled. Lily's jaw dropped. Oh, tell me you didn't. Celeste jumped up and ran across the water in her orb, like a hamster on an exercise wheel. Dylan chased her with the claw. The angel held up her hands, screaming in mock terror. The satyr jabbed at her. She wailed and ran away. Lily felt something sinking inside her. She saw it all now. Dylan had been hiding under the mud, jabbing with the claw, pretending to be a cynic. Lily lay back in the water, feeling so many different things all at once. Joy, relief, half a ton of stupidity. Gasping with laughter, the angel came over to her. Oh, Lily, 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 you dived in to save me. She clasped Lily's hand. You risked your life for me. I'll never forget this. Neither will I. Marcus sketched the scene. As Dylan blew up a new orb, Celeste lifted Lily from the water and wrapped her in the warmest hug she'd ever felt. The angel poked her with a long finger. That was a good one. You have to admit it was a good one. We got you good, Lily. A smile crept across Lily's face, like fire up a curtain. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Celeste kissed her on the forehead and gave Dylan the thumbs up. Lily's voice was quiet. Hey. The angel turned back to her. Yes, sweetie? You know, we have an angel at home. Said Lily, "Is she beautiful like me? Yes, really beautiful, with hair like mine. Ah, oh, she's got long blonde hair." Lily smiled, and a Christmas tree up her butt. For once, Celeste was speechless. Soon, Lily was sitting in her own orb. It was warm inside. Marcus was standing steady in his orb like a captain behind a wheel. He was staring down at his hand, fascinated. There, green against his dark thumb, was the caterpillar. You went to number eight, said Lily. The door in the water, said Celeste. You slid across, Lily, one door to another. What did you see? It was fantastic, Celeste. There were sea lions and manta rays and sharks. Lily told her about the bubbles and the octopus. Was it the original? Celeste nodded thoughtfully. In that shape? Quite possibly. So it rescued me, and then I came up on the door. Did you find anything? Any writing? Lily sat still, trying to remember. Berry... She closed her eyes. Berry Mand... Mandillo man, Mandillo mandiloquence, Celeste rubbed her hands together. That's why we need you, Lily. Lockbreaker and codebreaker. The angel looked over at Dylan. Bury mandiloquence, okay? The satyr nodded happily. So, this next door, Celeste held her palms close to each other. Is it near? She held them apart or far? Dylan spread his arms as wide as they'd go, and the angel nodded. Good thing we're flying. What happened to the horses? said Lily. They bolted. But where? Don't worry, they'll find Dylan. As long as they're not here, this place is crawling with cynics. Celeste looked out across the mangroves, and noticed some strange shapes in the sky. Ah. Lily recognised their peculiar, jerky motion, like mosquitoes. There's three of them now. What are they? Carnivorous. Celeste clapped her hands. Time to move on. You ready to fly? Lily felt so excited, but too tired to move. The angel flicked an apple into her lap. We'll get you home, Lily. Lily took a big bite. Energy surged through her. She remembered her crazy plan on the dune. Now she could fly straight up, break through the violet sky, and find another way home. She sat up. Celeste cheered. Door nine, here we go. Lily jumped to her feet. Her orb shot into the air, flipping her onto her back. She tried to stand but tumbled up into the sky, spinning like an astronaut in space. Slow down, yelled Celeste. Relax. Lily panicked and rolled around inside the orb, wheeling up into the sky, lost over the land she'd stolen. Eight doors ago. Ends Book One What will happen to Lily and her friends? Will she survive the boar birds? What is the Red Girl's sinister proposal? Is Knifewood really razor-sharp? And why is Celeste afraid of Dangerville? Find out in Book 2, The Calendar Trap.